Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of Modern Chiropractic Mastery. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. And today I've got an interview with Dr. Shane Lawler. He's a chiropractor in Ireland. Uh, him and I actually go back quite a bit in the golf profession and, and working with golfers all the way back, I think it was like 2009, 2010. We were not necessarily crossing paths uh, in person, but uh, both were working with golfers. I was traveling the tour a bit in 2011, and he took it to a whole other level. And we're going to dive into a lot of different topics. You know, we'll get into some golf stuff and his experiences with that, but you can connect the dots to other things that you may be interested in and how he was able to do what he did and, and how he honestly has become a an industry transformer in many ways. Everything from, uh, you know, traveling on tour for many years, working with the highest level of golfers to his own practice with his wife and doing great there in Ireland, uh, teaching for ART, like a bunch of different things that we dive into and a lot of great insights and some some great Irish humor as well. So, uh, really fun interview. Really excited to to get to chat with him again. Over it's been been quite a while, uh, and just to give a little bit of, um, you know, just a, a little heads up there. We are across the pond, kind of far away there, and uh, just a little bit of delay. Nothing too bad, but you'll notice a couple times there. So don't let that impact you. Okay. Uh, before we dive into this interview, uh, I want to tell you about a opportunity that I have to speak in Washington D.C. with Jay Greenstein and Joey Coleman and a few others really excited about it. It's a one-day in-person event in Washington, D.C., May 6th. And I'm, I'm actually really excited about speaking at this one. I think it's going to really put a lot together for all of you. Uh, Jay's going to talk a lot about leadership and team building. Joey's the expert in, in that customer experience slash patient experience. I'm going to talk about actual marketing that you can apply throughout the entire patient life cycle. There's going to be tech talk, there's going to be money talk, like really just how to um, really improve the overall business of your practice and doing it in an ethical way. I know uh, one thing I, I learned from interviewing Joey Coleman on my podcast a couple of years ago was that, you know, being good at business as a doctor, it doesn't mean you have to be a, a shark or hard selling people. It means providing the highest level of patient experience. And part of that is going to be your, your clinical, but it's a lot of other things as well. And we're going to dive into that on May 6th. So check that out at bit.ly forward slash biz adjustment, B-I-Z adjustment. And you can sign up for that. Very reasonable. I hope to see you there with some in-person event. All right. Without further ado, here is my interview with Shane Lawler. All right. Welcome to the show, Shane. I really appreciate your time all the way across the pond there in Ireland. Uh, excited to have you on. Uh, we've known each other for a while digitally, and this is our first time actually uh, conversing uh, through Zoom on video and, and enjoying uh, a conversation around uh, your practice, your professional life, and things that you've done. Uh, before we, we do dive into that, tell us, tell our audience about yourself personally and professionally, and we'll go from there. We'll give it a short story version. Uh, yeah. I can't believe now it's nearly 17 years of practice. I graduated in 2006 from the University of Glamorgan at the time, now it's the University of South Wales. So I graduated for what else would be known as the Welsh Institute of Chiropractic. Um, and then from there, I was lucky enough to get a job an hour away. So my wife is also a chiropractor. 
we were going out at the time, so I needed to make sure I needed to stay close. So I, I worked in Bristol, which is an hour just across the pond and it, well, just across the Severn Bridge in uh, Western England. So it made my life a little easier. And then after two and a half years, we, we, we left to go back home and because I'm from Kerry, which is Southwest and then Karen's from Northwest. And even though Ireland's a small country, it's a long drive in terms of going from those two states. So we set up somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's a town called Portlaoise, or technically we're in the Midlands. So we're an hour west of Dublin and an hour east of Limerick. Yeah, that's, that's a cool area for sure. Um, yeah. And, and do you guys practice together? Yeah. Yeah. During COVID, we were swapping shifts in terms of she was in one shift and then I was in the other. And then just we wanted to keep the kids out of childcare in terms of yeah. nobody knew. But, um, and then from there, I came home and I think pretty quickly I got an email from the British Chiropractic Sports Council. Now it would be the Royal College of Chiropractic Sports Faculty. Now it's technically their, 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 uh, their name, but it was the British Chiropractic Sports Council. They were, and Dale Richardson, who's a, a chiropractor from Australia, was looking for a chiropractor to join his team called Pro, or his company called Pro Golf Health. And I think that was in February of 09. And then I interviewed in May of 09, the Irish Open, the Shane Lowry one. Now Shane wasn't a client of Dale's or I at the time, but so it was, it was quite strange. Then I ended up working with Shane for five or six years. Um, Four, time, four years full-time, but and then from there, I interviewed in, yeah, until May 09, and then um, I think I worked my first, I don't think I did. We had a, there was certainly a training period. The first event I worked by myself was with McFaldo at oh, Sunningdale for the the British Senior Open. So that was quite a bit mean. Yeah, that's really cool. And I, what was the name of the, the gentleman that started the pro golf one? Because I actually uh, applied for that as well. What was his name? Dr. Dale Richardson. That was, yeah, that was Dale yeah. Richardson. I, I didn't want to get yeah. the first name wrong. I knew the last name was Richardson. Yeah. And because that's where I think along those lines, you and I probably started to cross paths a little bit, at least digitally. I know, I remember seeing the work you were doing. Um, I was over here doing some stuff on the PGA Tour uh, with some players. And, and you, you um, definitely took it to another level over there, which was cool to see. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to kind of dive into that uh, today with the golf that uses a context for how our audience that may have other desires within the profession, you know, like maybe other niches, it may, may not be golf, you know, it could be pregnancy and pediatrics. It could be runners of triathletes, it could be fitness people, it could be general population, but I want to use your growth within this particular golf niche in, in the industry to show how, if you, if you do things right and you really good at it, um, you can really grow exponentially. And so are you down for that today? Yeah. I mean, the, the most common question I've been asked through all of media in person is how do I get on tour? So people assume, well, I was a young chiropractor when they hired, but irrespective of whatever your niche is, um, there, there's a certain level of work that has to be done. There, there is. Gotta, and it, yeah. Yeah, I think you and I were a little bit fortunate where where it came a little bit earlier, but it wasn't like it happened right away. No, and it took a it took a ton of effort. I mean, in in my case, I remember it was I graduated in two thousand five, very end of two thousand five. So we we graduated about the same time. We're probably about the same age. Um, I remember in two thousand six, I I I was just doing a lot of stuff with golf, and I 
went and I watched this guy, Jeff Banasak, who was a physical yeah, therapist. I, remember, yeah. um, I know Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And so he happened to be down in, in some minor league golf uh, event and he brought this trailer down there. I was connected with him through my boss at the time, Andrew Wasserman. And I went all the way down to Miami just to watch him, connected with them, and then just stayed in touch. And then all of a sudden, you know, Jeff started getting into the PGA Tour events. And then he was work at one point he was working with like, I think it was like five of the top 10 for a short period of time. And then 2011 rolled around. He was getting so busy. He needed someone to help him out. And so I was traveling with him, him a little bit and, and doing that. And that was kind of my story, but it was really a lot of, you know, just effort and getting and, and being in golf events and trying to connect with people that could do that. Uh, what was your initial, you know, introduction into working with golfers? Was it applying for Dale Richardson's position yeah. there? or That was the first thing yeah. you did? First thing I did, uh, I always wanted to be a sports chiropractor. Uh, I guess my mom bred into me that work ethic is really important. Because I, and I, I may as straight up say, I'm a, I wasn't the smartest student in college, but I worked my ass off. I have, in terms of like, I got a one degree. I wasn't the first class honors, but I, I mean, as soon as I came out of college, right, I'm like, okay, where is the holes and weaknesses in terms of being a sports chiropractor? So. ART, I naturally, gra uh, naturally gravitated towards, I think advanced soft tissue techniques is very important for a sport fabric. I don't really care what sport you're working in. If you can't interact with the soft tissues in terms of, so it doesn't have to be ART if it's Graston or all the other named brands, you need to do something with the soft tissues because certainly from the sportsmen you see and I see and sports, sports people, it's chronic myofascial tightness or whatever is there. I mean, we. Even though we graduated in 05 and 06 and adhesions, whether they exist or not, um, look, we know that manual therapy input to the soft tissues definitely does something. We might know why, but I, I've, I've seen great success in terms of, of reducing injury when you get regular treatment on soft tissues, joints. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. That was what was helpful for me, for sure. Um, and so then... Tell me about how, how we got started with, you know, you, you started traveling a bit. I'd love to know also, how did you balance the, the travel for golf with your private practice and, and growing that as well? Was your, your wife pretty integral in that? Oh yeah, it was the, um, Dale offered me a job pretty quickly as the backup, which is fine because I, I mean, I have two and a half years experience. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, Jesper Dow got hired straight away. Jesper, 20 years experience. And Dale says, I'm keeping you because they can see the company expanding. So I, I worked at that British Senior Open. And then I wasn't supposed to work anymore for the year. Just supposed to shadow a little bit. And then I ended up going to Spain for an event to cover three players. And then, oh, what an, I landed on my feet. There was an event in South Africa. Dale couldn't go. Jesper couldn't go. So it's, it would do the Ned Bank Challenge. So back then, it was called a million dollar. So there was 12 players generates top yeah, top 20 players in the world really don't go well maybe it goes that i can't remember all the years but effectively we three players in that event so i got to fly down stay in the hotel go to the pro-am dinner I, I spent most of my days in the water park other than working in with players so it was it was a that was probably the most luxurious event i got to, to in terms of not having to kill myself um, yeah usually you're stuck in like a a storage closet treating athletes uh, in these golf yeah. events <laughs> yeah so i was treated like a king that week Dale's like don't get used to that <laughs> That's um, cool. and then from there it ramped up pretty quickly because 
look, Dale had a really good reputation. So I guess the, the, this thing you said there about Jeff, it, it's the connection. So you need to get your foot in the door. So it's connecting with the person. Um, so Dale started, I think I worked, it was very fast ramping up. I think I did 12 weeks the first year, so 2010. And then it went up really quickly. I did 20 something for 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. In terms of balance, um, there's no way I would have been able to travel uh, without my wife. So Karen does pregnancy pediatrics, but she also does um, ART. And because we, we'd shared interests, she went and did the TPI medical, <laughs> medical courses with me because so, we were, we're we went to World Golf Fitness Summit. You probably were there in the 2010-ish um, in Orlando. So when we, we went, it was really, really good book. But Karen used to see my clients when I was away athletes and it made it much easier. That's good. Yeah, that's, then, that's obviously important. And then fundamentally, we had our, our first son in 2015. So Karen couldn't quite see as many in 2016. So I was like, this is not going to really, this is not going to really work. And then the balance, I, they, the one thing I, I don't, I don't even think I've ever said in a podcast, I lost my dad when I was about 14 or 15. Oh, okay. and there, he died in, he, No, no, he died, he died in 96. So when, when dad, I have two boys now, so one, seven and four, but, uh, um, dad was born 2016 of like, do I really want to be away? I, I mean, at the end of the day, you could, a plane could drop, you could get hit by a car. So it kind of, yeah. you're at the same stage as me. What do I really want to do? I mean, I love the job. I love work with them. I missed a lot of the bad Irish weather. Um, I didn't find it stressful in terms of working players. It wasn't like once I got my competency in terms of working with the, the patterns. And I mean, I was lucky if I saw, I would usually, I usually see the same player, maybe maximum of 10 different players a year in terms because we were one-to-one -one privately with them um i knew their patterns i knew when something wasn't right and i wouldn't even have to tell them i i clean it up pretty quickly and they wouldn't even know so that yeah i, I want to touch on that for a second because that's one thing that's fascinating about that position was that very few chiropractors get an opportunity to really just focus on a, a handful of bodies right and then get yeah. to know that body day in, day out, week in, week out, month, year, and, and, and really work with them. It's a pretty cool thing to be able to do. I, I did enjoy that as, as well. Um, it's not that common to do it, but it does make your life a lot easier, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't begin to imagine, like any of the consultancy work I do either privately or unknown in terms of players, athletes in Ireland, I don't really need to, I don't want to advertise it. I don't need, I, I'm not advertising in terms of, I want to see those players one-to-one because -one I want to keep that, uh, quality care. I, I'd hate to be looking after a whole team. Jeez, that would drive me to dentist. It, it would be hard. The golf thing is definitely challenging. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to segue a little bit. And um, I think one of the things you did and, and, and I did to get into this particular niche was to connect with industry transformers in that particular niche. And I'll, I'll give a little bit of a story too, even from this past weekend, I was at a Motion Palpation Institute event, a sports summit there. And uh, there's just a lot, there was a lot of industry transformers in the room and people that are doing big things. And you could even see some of the newer DCs or even some of the students had already started to build relationships with those industry transformers. And, and that's going to really serve a, a, a clinician well, not only from learning from them, but then you, you really become someone that people know and refer to you when people are in that area. Um, and so that was big. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like, did, 
the more you were able to connect with other industry transformers in there, did that help you uh, in, in practice and just in your professional life? I mean, I could, first course I went to when I was graduating in May 06, Stuart McGill, I could, it blew my, can I swear? Yes, we can. Yeah, we, no, we love it. Okay. We're America. Uh, yeah. Uh, Stuart <laughs> McGill blew my fucking socks off. Yeah. I mean, we'd learn bits and bobs in college, but then when you see a real clinician, ooh, I'm like, holy shit, this is, um, his attention. Uh, Stuart McGill was, who was, out, who was introduced to pretty quickly. Professor Craig Morris, who's retired now. He kind of introduced DNS when he came to speak to us in college, but it wasn't quite DNS then. So it kind of went over everyone's head um, in terms of, but then Craig and I connected later through ProGolf Health because Craig came in and uh, I've met Pavel Kolosh. I've met, um, I was lucky enough to be taught by uh, Dr. Mike Leahy from ART yep. quite a bit yep. where a lot of the Europeans aren't now. I'm I'm the instructor, but we, I mean, we come on to that later in terms of that, but um, when you get to meet, like when I've, when you put Mike and Stuart McGill and Pavel in the same room, yes, they might have different techniques. They will generally come to the same answer. Yeah. Yeah. You should, yeah. I mean, and Greg, a mentor of us, Greg Rose, you shouldn't really know a profession the person's from. If they're that good, you shouldn't really know. And, and no, I, I, I know one of the, the industry interrupters in your group is Brett Winchester, Brett and I get on very well. I've been to his house. We visit each other. We talk to each other occasionally in terms of us the pond, but, um, like Brett's that probably next generation, slightly ahead of you and I in terms of age, probably, um, they, they just work on, I think that the paradox we have now for the young DCs that are listening is there is no overnight success. Brett and Pavel, Stuart McGill, Craig Liebenson. Those guys did a, a lot of work in the trenches to master their craft, where now I was talking to Evan Osser about this and through, so, uh, we were chatting on, on, and this is very relevant. The problem we have now is the young DCs are exposed to so much. So they're nearly getting hit with a couple of fire hoses and they're like, oh shit, what do, what do I do here? So he, out of them are like going. I'll do a little bit of ART, one course. I'll do a little bit of TPR. I'll do this. But then they're literally kind of watering down instead of diving properly and immersing in the, in the technique or, or approach. And you'll have all these certificates, partial ones, but you won't be any good. So they, it's, I don't it, think. It's so true. I actually, um, Brett and I touched on it on one of our podcast episodes. I forget which one he's been on a few times, but. Um, the clinically mastery was, one was very, very good. I think, I think that was the general theme of one of them, but that, that one, every young clinician should listen to that. Yeah. And, it, and it's just interesting because like for guys like us, we're, we're on that older side of things, there was only so many things, right? So I remember I got really good ART and then TPI, but slowly and it, over years uh, now, uh, we, I get some of these resume or CVs for, you know, preceptors and. I mean, they, it's cool on one hand, right? Like they got a lot of stuff, McKenzie and DNS and ART and Graston and like the list goes on. Um, but the clinical efficiency, and it's almost like you just got this jumbled mess of information in your head. <laughs> and, and I don't know what the answer is, honestly, it's, it's tricky, but it's like, they've got this statue of David of information. They got to carve it out now, right? Like it's a big lump of clay and you got to carve out the David. 
Uh, whereas for us, we were able to kind of build that stable platform and then add on top of it. And so it's, it's tricky. Without no distraction. Doubt. Without the yep. distraction. Because social media is a pain in the arse. Yeah, I know there's some people making money so it should be a fair play to them, but you're not going to master your craft sitting your ass on Instagram or TikTok or anything. You're not going, it's not going to happen. Phone away and practice with your, your boss in terms of you know, getting feedback. Um, or I, I, another good friend of mine, Damien Mar, he's done some ART. He's a personal trainer. A lot, I mean, a very smart guy, lots of business core. He, he'll probably remind me a lot of you. But he said, Shane, whenever you're trying to learn something, try and talk to the horse and not the horse shit. So I know it, it's a very graphic uh, in terms of that, but he said, Shane, try and go to the originator in terms of, and don't be eating the, the crap that's coming out of the, the, the horse. Because some people say, well, I've been to this and I've done that. And then you get this watered down version of something that looks nothing like the, you're like, oh God, yeah, this yeah, is, no, this is it's true. And that's why it's important to, to really connect with some of the leaders and, and have mentors clinically. Uh, whatever avenue you decide to go in, not only is it going to obviously help you hone your craft, which is going to be a huge growth opportunity for you. I have a good example. Uh, back, uh, I think, Olympics was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tokyo was last year. Um, through a chiropractic friend uh, that I taught on one of my golf seminars, he got the, the head of uh, high performance for Rowan Ireland to, to contact me. So, Unfortunately, that's about two hours away, but I still, oh, I said, okay, I was doing the masters at the time and I needed a little break in terms of traveling down. So, um, talk about terms of networking and, and reaching out to people. I emailed Stuart because I, I'd met him a couple of times in terms of doing his courses. I said, Hey, I don't know anything about rowing. Yeah. I don't like rowing on a, a concept too. I don't know anything about the sport. And he says, Shane, funny enough, I'm doing a, a USA rowing conference this weekend. He says, sign up for my talks on it. Perfect. So exactly. You're going. Yeah. So you have that, Perfect. you have that expertise around you have yeah. people that yeah. you can get some uh, wisdom from or, yeah. you know, direction and guidance, which, which is huge. All right, docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors, and you can sign up for that at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Propel M-C-M. That is bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y, Propel M-C-M, Modern Chiropractic Marketing, right? And so check out that link. And we're going to have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. And then now, you know, uh, kind of our last segue, you've, you've kind of transitioned over the years too into one of those experts. You're teaching for ART. You have your own course. Uh, first start about telling us about your course. I know pandemic has changed things a little bit, but tell us yeah. about how you developed that. And then we can roll into a little bit of what you're doing with ART. And then I got a couple questions for you. Well, in terms of the, my own summer before COVID, what I found was like KPI is great. 
and it's a safe enough referral network. But in terms of, I wanted somebody to get treatment, I would probably pick the ART database because I know what I'm going to get in terms of hands-on care. And I felt that there was a little bit of, okay, we theoretically know what to do, say SFMA or TBI screen, but then I don't know what to do with all this data. And then people like to bash TPI, the screen does this, blah, 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 blah. But the manual therapy of side of golf is not taught anywhere. So that was the crux of what, um, event, I did it originally by myself. And then Harry Cisse works with John Ram and, uh, and, uh, a list of other guys. So we, we, we've done a couple of seminars together and then COVID hit, but I still think there is something missing in terms of Charlie Weingroff said a great thing. He said, if the technique brings you only to that technique in terms of assessment, then you might win the battle. But if you have an integrated approach that gives you results, then that generally will lead to, to better, better care in terms of that. There's a, what I tend to do is I would say, okay, I don't want to, I'm not trying to compete with TPI because I think the screen's good. The SMA is good. There's a big fall. Okay. I get all this data and I have no idea what to do. So in terms of the, the manual therapy input for, for the golfer or amateur, but so I'm very lucky in terms of my private practice. I see amateur golfers. I now for, since 2017, I look after Ireland's elite junior golfer, 18 under 16 Irish girls. Um, and then I did my master's dissertation on injury surveillance for that. I coordinate over a year in terms of what the impact of COVID. Um, so I, I've at the, again, asking the, the tour guys that just do Harry and I were one of the few at Troy and basically with the other one that would probably, a lot of the guys that stayed on tour, that's a very different situation to the guys that work on tour and then mostly, and then we're working in private practice. It's kind of a, cause the work you do with the. The professional golfer is not necessarily going to transfer or be the best for the amateur golfer that's stuck at a desk for eight to 10 hours a day. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a completely different golfer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, um, and then I was very lucky 2000, probably nine, 10 ART has been a big part of my practice. I use it probably 85% of the time with patients. I, I haven't seen many patients that I can't use it on just to adapt the tension that you're using. Um, so I, I teach for ART in Europe. Again, we've seen changes too. Uh, we had huge classes before COVID and then everything transitioned online. ART didn't want to do it online and DNS is a, a DNA, dynamics neurocivilization, which you, your listeners will definitely know about. I have, it's funny, those two things are two things that need to be taught in person, but then a lot of the young graduates that graduate during COVID are now assuming that they can learn things online. That is total crap. It's not good. We need to get our young generation chiropractors back to deep because you go to a seminar, put your phone away, you're listening to an expert and you're, 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 you're getting instant feedback because you, like you can't hide in a DNS or ART seminar. And you're, you, I even, when I go and teach or sit, I assisted this year, starting to assist a little bit for DNS. Um, it's a totally different scenario because I can't, like if I, if I watch eight hours of DNS today, I'll probably apply some, but I'm going to get distracted. But. If I'm in person there, it's going to turn to, it's going to turn, uh, it's just going to be much better. And that's yeah, how we I want to touch on that too, because, and, and I'll probably go on a little bit of a soapbox right now, but, um, we're running into that. We're seeing that where a lot of these students or even, uh, year one, year two DCs, they just had too much stuff virtual, not enough stuff in person. 
some of them have dragged that out too long where they're not getting back in person and uh, they've they're behind the eight ball and they really got to get out from underneath that and they they need to start doubling up and getting into seminars like spend a little bit of money travel to you know dns mpi art all these whatever way you're going to go start getting to these seminars i've actually attended a few recently we hosted art in our office back mm -hmm. in in february and it was great to see we filled that up um, i was at a, uh, the mpi sports summit i was at the mpi foot and ankle in whitefish montana even you know i'm not practicing now anymore but i'm still kind of getting out there and it was good to see uh, people starting to get out there, but I still think there's too many young DCs and students that are just not getting the reps in person. And it's going to be a, a really tough uphill battle for them if they don't start doubling it down now. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. I mean, we're in practice a lot, like 17 and 18 years. Mm -hmm. I learn every day. Yep. And then the, the, like the one thing that's consistent now is the, the COVID's changed everything forever, I think, in ter terms of but I would say that the stress levels that I see in my patients and athletes now compared to when I started, it's, it's, well, there's no unplugging anymore. And the tricky bit, like even if we turn technical mastery, the trickiest population for any of us to treat as DCs is that 40 to 60 year old female. And I'm only learning now the hard way in terms of, okay, if their hormonal balance, the nutrition, the sleep, stress is not, it doesn't matter what I do to them. And like I, I use it because I had a, a lady come and see me. She had bilateral Achilles pain. I'm like, okay, this is systemic. It's it's not, it's not unilateral. It can't, can't really be musculoskeletal. And I was like, I sent her to to a women's health expert and put her on medication in terms of, and within two days, the pain was gone. So um, we always have to keep getting better and better. I think the, the thing that TPI, the one that my biggest takeaway from TPI, and you're probably the same, is you need to build a team around you. You can't be an expert in and everything. So you can't, you're saying there, I would like the young DC to pick one or two things and be an expert in them. Yeah. Double down, as you say there, just double down on that. Don't go to the next shiny turd yeah. because it smells better. Um, and there was a stage where I was going, but this is new, flashy. No, no, just double down. If a technique yeah. stays longer than 10 years, then you know it's the right one to, like ART. He's been around a long time. That's, DNS. That's a, and, and, yeah. Great point. Did you, you know, Peter Tia MD? He's got a podcast. Yeah. I just downloaded his audiobook. <laughs> well, so yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. I've, I've been listening to it. Um, it's actually a great book so far. I actually started on the last chapter, which was his emotional health issue yeah. uh, that he had, which I didn't realize, but this is someone that's on top of the world. And even like he had a breaking point early COVID and he outlines how he had actually go uh, away and like seek treatment for his emotional health, which was which was fascinating. And I think we all can get a lot out of that particular chapter, but then he has a whole chapter on stability and he really, uh, talks a lot about DNS, which was cool to hear. There's a, there is a really good interview between Peter Tia and, and, uh, Mike Rantella. Yep. I mean, there's, yep. there's another, there, do you know what? There's some underestimated guys in terms of, um, I know a lot of people would know the front and center guys, but somebody like Mike Rantella, very quiet, goes about his work. Uh, I've been lucky enough to Robert Lardner from DNS, that guy is badass, but yeah, he lives, he works in some small office in Chicago, happy as Larry. Yeah. People need to realize it. if they're looking for Instagram followers or the, the, the being famous, that's bullshit. It's not going to last. Um, no, you gotta have the, you gotta have the substance for sure. And 
And that's what's something that you've been able to, to do, which is pr pretty cool. And I wanted to kind of go back a second because you talked about it and I didn't get a chance to touch on it because I'm really um, intrigued by what you're talking about. Because, yeah, like I remember being in TPI years ago and, and actually it was TPI medical level three. And someone had asked that question was like, okay, we're getting all the screenings. We're getting the correctives for the screenings. I was, when I took TPI medical two and three, I was, it was actually taught by Gray Cook, which was yeah. cool. And someone asked the question, like, okay, what about like the treatment of things? And Greg Rose had a good answer. It was like, look, you know, we know our role and it's in the understanding of golf injuries. It's the assessment of golf injuries. And we know as you, you're already doctors and physical therapists, we trust that you have good skill set. But the reality of it is, is like, like you said, we can't trust that every TPI person has good skill set and, and the, but at least TPI is kind of honest, but like, they're not going to do the manual, which is why they've done certain things with ART. And then no. obviously like you've made that connection because uh, it's so important to have the assessment side of things. Cause there's a lot of different assessments out there and I would put TPI in the assessment category. And then there's the, 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 the manual therapy and you can obviously put manipulation in there, soft tissue. Right. Um, and I think that's important that you've done that and, and seen that. Have you started to see, um, more chiropractors and physical therapists working in golf, uh, doing a lot more soft tissue, a lot more of that type of stuff as well. Ma manual therapy. I would say most of the guys that work on tour that I know of, there's a couple of new guys out, but I, I, I'm more or less know they've all at least done one ear December, to be honest. They dry needle. And look, things phase in and out, cupping, tempering. There's lots of different. Yeah. To me, it's all interaction with the soft tissue work. Um, I mean, in Ireland, we could do whatever we want. So I dry needle a little bit, but I mean, yeah, I, I think, look, you can't treat a golfer if you don't have soft tissue work. I don't. Yeah. 85%, 80% 80 of it's myofascial windup of the tissues playing the most asymmetrical, repetitive, explosive sport in the world. Yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty cool to make that connection between your assessments and the manual therapy for the golfer. You know, obviously there's going to be some strength conditioning coaches, golf fitness people that are going to do just fitness. I know there, I think there was a chiropractor, maybe it's Jay Davies, I could be getting the name wrong, where he tended Craig to- Davies. Craig Davies, yeah. Yep. Um, a lot of fitness stuff, right? Um, but for the most part, you know, the Troy Van Beesens who you mentioned of the world, like they're doing a little bit of everything, but the manual is still a big part of what separates them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the manual opens that window. Yeah, absolutely. So, and then I, last I, question for you, um, how has teaching, um, improve your private practice? Uh, you know, it could be things like, obviously you're a better clinician, maybe because you teach or. Uh, has it helped you get, you know, a lot more providers know who you are and then refer people to you? Like, what are some of the benefits of teaching that you found? Uh, yeah, I think even backwards, with last one, the referrals to some of the students yeah. that I've taught in Ireland will send the, their more trickier cases to me in terms of if I'm doing ART or assisting with DNS. Um, from a teaching point of view, I mean, I spent a lot of time with Mike. Uh, Alan Woods now are in charge of ART Europe. So, they, they have hundreds of, sem I, I'm in and around 65 to 70 ERT seminars as I graduate. So it's still high, a lot higher than most, but Alan's done hundreds. Mike's done, could be close to a thousand. I'm teaching with Alan in May in Belfast and there's, we, I'm teaching lower. See, they've, they've changed the ERT fundamentally for the better now. When you go, used to go to the ERT, 
you used to play the video and you do the protocol, video protocol, video protocol. Now we've gotten rid of the videos because the students have to watch it. The pre-coursework says they watch the video and then we do the palpation and we do the protocol palpation protocol. So it, it is really deep immersion into that. It's a lot more intense. It's a day less, but I've seen huge benefits from having uh, taught a couple of seminars with the new format. And that's what they would likely to continue because getting that feedback from people that have a lot more experience with, that's why I teach. Uh, yeah, that's uh, awesome. And generally, I, I just send all my associates to, to do the courses too. They get courses with three letters. <laughs> ART, awesome. TPI. I know MPI, I wasn't, like I, I knew of TPI when I was graduate, but there's only so much you can do. MPI used to come to, or still do, comes to uh, Bournemouth in the UK. Yep, the they do. Anglo-European College of Chiropractics. Um, look, all those things are, are integrated methods in terms of what we can do. But I love teaching too, because the one thing I've always tried to get better is and I, I don't think we learn in college I mean, it's in terms of what you do in terms of marketing. I, we reached out, I reached out to you a couple of months ago. I said, Hey, I can't get my hands on your book. Yep. I needed it for my associate. It was a, I, I, it's come highly recommended. And it's the business side of, of, I wish I had, well, I've always been gravitated towards business books, but communication, take the business side because people generally don't like sales. They feel all slimy and whatnot, but. I think when you teach and you have to teach a student that maybe just doesn't get it, the, the communication side of it is yeah. like, uh, now I'm, I probably don't say as much to patients. I try and build, build rapport, but I generally spend a little bit more time listening in terms of what's going to motivate them and why the hell they're sitting in front of me. Cause yeah. you can, I think that, that, that saves the, that saves the battle there. Are, are you there just cause you want to be out of pain or I just want to lift my grandkids or I want to be better and I want to be more healthy now that I'm 40. I want to be, I want to be healthy at 50, 60. So, um, I mean, there's lots of communication methods. There's Caldini's books. There's, uh, never split the difference from Chris Voss is very popular. Um, motivational interviewing is exploded in turn, which has been around for a long time, based on what I've seen. Um, but that's now sexy for all professions. Yeah. I think, you know, just to, you know, with the business side of things, I, I heard it put well, not that long ago, uh, a lot of chiropractors think of business and they think of, you know, the sharks and the snakes out there and, and high sales tactics or, or pushy sales tactics. But what it means to be good in business in, in practice is having a really good patient experience, having a great company culture, communicating very well. And then, yeah, being able to have the, understand the nuances of business to make accurate decisions. It doesn't mean uh, putting yourself first and not the patient. It doesn't have to be that way. And that's something we're always trying to change the narrative for chiropractors around is like being good at chiropractic business can be a very important thing to get results even, not just, you know, pad your bottom line. And so that's something I wanted to touch on. The other thing was, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Cal Newport. He's written a lot of books yeah. on, on deep, deep work. Deep but, work. I've, li I've, li yeah. I've read deep work. Yeah, great book. But, you know, he's also really working through this concept called deep life. And he's going to write a book about it next year. But he, you, people that are listening can Google up Cal Newport deep life. And he's got a blog article on it. And he talks about the kind of four C's of a deep life. And one of the C's is craft. And you mentioned that earlier. There's other ones like community and uh, constitution and stuff. And I'll let, you, I'll let the audience dive into that if they want to. But he talks about 
one of the things that can make someone not happy in life is when they don't have a craft to work on and feel like they're making progress in it and it's and it's serving people and themselves and and so you've done a great job of of your working on your craft and I'm sure that's helped you build a, a deep life which I I commend you for and to tie that in and I, and I'll give the mic back to you but um, I like to have industry transformers on the podcast. Not that every audience member on here uh, that are chiropractors is, is aiming for that, uh, but it just shows you that you can really, you know, be in a small town in Ireland or, you know, same, like as, you mentioned, same as Brett and Troy. I, I was going to say, yeah, Brett and Troy, right? <laughs> like you don't yeah. have to be in, in, in New York City or, you know, London uh, to be, to, to get, you know, past that. And, and do big things. You you have done big things. And so I think chiropractors listening can take that. And if they want to do big things and be an industry transformer, awesome. But even if they're just trying to be a, a pillar of their community with their craft and, and dominate that community within a particular niche, it can be done as well. And, I, and that's why I wanted to have you on here so that people can see like you, you work hard, you, you have a, a, a really guided path and you've honed your craft over years and it's served you well. So I wanted to thank you for that and thank you for coming on today. No, that's, I mean, it's very important. The one thing I always say to my patients um, is even though I've treated top 10 players in the world in terms of golf, some of the best golfers ever, um, one of them is going to be a Hall of Famer. It's very easy to know he's going to be a Hall of Fame next year. Um, I learned my craft with him, learned a lot from him. But as I said, I've, I've treated celebrities singers, billionaires, millionaires, but I don't really care because I think in terms of the deepness, I will treat somebody that is a janitor. I might be like somebody has a low level job or admin or whatever it is. They get the same level of care that I would have given to these guys. That, I think that's how you know a good ethical, not throw the ethical word out, a chiropractor that's attention to detail, focus and it's all about the patient or athlete give exactly the same care to, to Jane, the granny, as to the, the elite multi-million pound billionaire athlete that comes in because there shouldn't be a difference. Yep. I, I, I tend to treat all my patients like athletes and it shouldn't change. I've seen too many therapists where, well, big time guy. And that's probably why I didn't feel under pressure when I work with any high net worth individual or athlete because I treated yep. in the same way. Yeah. And you know, business. And I think it's a good point too, just for anybody that gets an opportunity to work with someone of stature, um, treat them like a regular person. Try try not to be too awestruck. Try not to ask them weird questions about, you know, their professional, you know, it's like, I remember my grandfather always told me a story. He had an opportunity to, to go uh, fishing with Jack Nicholas. It was more of like a handful of people and it was a unique opportunity. And this was many, many years ago. And Jack Nicholas, Nicholas said one thing. He's like, we can talk about fishing all you want. I just don't want to talk about golf because it's my job and I'm fishing. I just want to enjoy myself, right? And so you you got to, you know, read the room with some of the people and and just treat them like a regular person. And, and that's what will build trust with them. Yeah, I mean, I, when I went into, like, even back to when I started, golf, I didn't know anyone. I don't, I play a little bit of golf now. I understand the game. But um, you don't have to be 
great at the sport you're going to treat the athlete and you just need to do a little bit of work in terms of biomechanics, understanding the load, understanding what that player might be doing. I mean, technology helps us now. We can film anything, slow-mo, slow it down, put it at this angle. Um, the, uh, I, I very rarely talk to players about golf. It might be a very good round. And the, to me, the most tempered golfers that I got to work with, you wouldn't know if they shot 80 or 61. Yep. That's the, the, the mental side of the, I learned a lot being around players. I mean, yeah. the, the thing I'm most grateful, like Padre Carrington, I got to work with him on and off for 10 years. Mm. He still, we still chat occasionally. I'm going to see him speak on the mental performance with a, with a sports psychologist at a, an event in next month. Um, I never said it to him after, but I said it to him recently when he was very good. I said, I learned a lot from the mental side of preparation, journal. Like to be world-class, you need to do those things, journaling, mindset, treat people. And the other thing too, but they're, they're about the treatment side of ours, but you also learn about a lot of, about people when you're safe, you're at dinner and how they treat the waiter or waitress. I think that, I mean, it goes out saying it's been it's put in multiple books, but I, I mean, I used to waiter, so I'll clean the plates in front of me. I don't care if it's the fine dining place. I, I, I'll always tip when I can. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Shane, I really appreciate your, your wisdom and your, and your time today. Uh, this was great. I'm finally glad we got to connect in this and, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll meet, I think next summer I'll be in, 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 uh, London for, for quite a bit. So we'll have to oh, catch good. up on, and we'll, that's a short uh, maybe, flight for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe we'll, uh, I'll, I'll attend an ART seminar. You're, you're cheating. So, yeah. uh, thanks again for your time today. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to make the shift from busy, broke, and broken to time-free and cash-confident, or you just want to continue with the exponential growth, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab, watch the short video on there, and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos. We help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos, you send them to us, we produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels. We also take them and we turn it into one good blog per month. And every other month, we have Darcy Sullivan producing a robust blog with a topic that you pick from her database to help with your SEO. So we essentially become your content marketing agency to make sure your practice is always having ethical, elegant content marketing to help grow your practice. On the coaching side, we also help you with everything from marketing ideas to business, communications, finances, anything practice growth and really try to help prevent you from being stuck on that island. And we hold you accountable. We have a great group of doctors that are just doing amazing things. And we look forward to help you out to take that next step in your practice. So again, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com and learn more.